to speak. He stared at his spilled drink. Excuse me, your wife's coffee is quite strong. Yes, it is. I'll ask you again, though. What do you want? Bukaholov tilted his head to the side and shrugged. He managed to appear almost grandfatherly. It's always business with you, detective. You should learn how to make small talk. We haven't seen each other in almost a year, and yet you dive right into business. How is a friend supposed to react to that? We're not friends. We worked on a project once, and I've regretted it ever since. That project is now over, as is this conversation. Get out of my yard. Bukaholov held up his hands in a placating gesture. He closed his eyes. Just give me a moment, he said. I want to talk to you about a job. You need to hear what I have to say. Ash leaned forward. His eyes felt dry, and he wanted to blink, but he forced them to stay open. A shiver traveled up his spine as a late fall breeze sent leaves skittering across the bluestone patio. I've already got a job, Mr. Bukahalov, a good one. At least he had been truthful about part of that statement. Ash was the highest-ranking sworn officer assigned to the investigative unit of Indianapolis's prosecutor's office. In most units, Ash's status as detective sergeant would make him a supervisory officer with privileges and responsibilities in accord with his rank. His actual unit was so small and specialized, though, that rank rarely mattered. Everyone simply did whatever the prosecuting attorneys needed. It was a good job, usually— the pay was steady, and the work was interesting and varied. But with an election coming up, things were changing, and not for the better. This is a special sort of job. At four this afternoon, there was a car accident about two miles from here. A woman was killed. Did you see it on the news yet? Ash shook his head. It was a hit and run, Bukahalov continued. The woman who was hit died on the way to the hospital. We'll pray for her family, said Ash, glancing at his gate. If that's all you came to tell me, you can leave now. The woman's name was Cassandra Johnson. She had a daughter named Lisa. I believe you know them both. Ash blinked several times, sure that he had misheard him. Cassandra and Lisa Johnson... I believe that's what I said. Ash felt as if he had just been slapped in the face. Lisa was his daughter's best friend. They rode the same bus. They played t-ball together. They had sleepovers. They were together so often in the summer that it felt as if he had a third kid. Lisa even called him Uncle Ash. Hannah and Cassandra, while perhaps not as close as their daughters, talked regularly, and went to the same all-women's yoga class. Bukahalov stared at him knowingly. Is Lisa okay? I'm sure she's fine. Ash inhaled deep enough that he could feel his chest rise. Indianapolis wasn't generally big enough to have organized crime like Chicago or New York. Instead, it had loosely affiliated gangs— most of which came and went after their leaders killed each other in disputes over women or turf. Bukahalov was the closest thing the city had to a real crime boss, 
and he wouldn't risk being in a detective's backyard without damn good reason. Why are you really here? Bukahalov smiled. I have only the best of intentions, I assure you. Bullshit. Get out of my yard. Instead of leaving, Bukahalov reached into his jacket. Instinctively, Ash reached into his own and pulled out his firearm. He rested it on the table, a finger hovering over the trigger guard. Carefully reconsider your next move, said Ash. I want to see your hands right now. Bukahalov did as he was told and pulled his arm back, exposing a brick of hundred-dollar bills in his hand. He dropped the money onto the table and pulled his hands back slowly, showing his palms as if he had nothing to hide. For any expenses you may come across in your investigation. Ash knew detectives in the narcotics squad who could look at a bundle of money.